Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick here with very special guest. Alexander Krasinski. That's you, baby. <laughs> Ayo. of Victoria Fulton, so I got confused. Who should I be today? I am Alexander Grzynski, who is writes under the pen name of Victoria Fulton with my writing partner, who is not here. She's Faith McLaren, and uh, we have a book called Horror Hotel that is available now at a bookstore near you. Just jumping right into that plug. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's who I am. Well, well people, I, I've... I'm a writer. They should know that I have authority here. Well, I'm a horror writer. They should. I've, they should. I've actually though. made some money writing for horror, so that's like that gives me some street cred. I feel like when you can make a little bit of a little bit of a uh, little bit of scratch, <laughs> do, do a something. Yeah, that's... they got to know who I am and that I have authority to well, speak they, on this they subject. They should know who I have you a, are. Like you a, know why? A teeny little bit of authority. Do you but know it's why? Authority. What? Because the last episode was the Harvest King. Oh yes, that was actually one of my very first like short story things that I wrote. I told Josh about it, aka Haunting Season. Follow him on TikTok about it, and you kind of rolled your eyes. Did you roll your eyes because it's your first one and you feel like you've like learned a lot more as a writer, or like well, why did you? Why we never I did discussed not roll that. my eyes. I'm not rolling my eyes at you. I think I just like got like oh. it wasn't at me. It was at no, the idea like, of at it. The, yeah. So it's yeah. So like there's some things in it that I'm like are a little bit generic. Um, you know, I, I think that if I looked at it again, I'm a much better writer now than I was back then. So I think if I looked at it, I think I wish that I, I want it to be published somewhere legitimately so that I mean, it's been it's published on Halloween Weekly, but like I would like it to be published like in a horror publication like that, you know, so that I can really feel like it's got like some, you know, literary weight. Well, listeners, but I, I think that it may need to be edited for that to happen. It needs to maybe be edited from where I am now. Well, we can let the listeners judge because we do have the audio dramatization. Yeah, y'all can tell a... me what you think I need to change. No, <laughs> be very critical. I'm, I'm a be very critical. Um, I am uh, definitely a perfectionist, but I have learned to transform my perfectionism into excellence. So that's like my that's how I get around it. But can we mention what's after Horror Hotel? That's been announced, right? Yeah, yeah, we could talk about Curse of Cruise. So I'm very excited about it, actually, because I just got feedback from my editor about the first draft, and she said it was one of the, fir- that's, the best first drafts she's seen. And that's more reason to go read Horror Hotel, because it's not <laughs> going to be like, you know, you pick it up, you fall in love with the characters and in and, and that world, and then it's you never hear from them again. Now. Yeah, it's now officially like, yeah. bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> bada <laughs> boom. Everybody's getting a little insight into our relationship. <laughs> this is what it sounds like half the day, is us making random songs. Yep, just us, just Nick starting to make a little beat and me start to like jam to his little beat. It's either about food, <laughs> gibberish, or our cats. Yep. <laughs> we sound like we're really burning it up. Yeah, we're really we're a sexy well, couple. Well, speaking of uh fantastic writing, yeah. This week's episode, if you haven't binged it yet, please go do Mike Flanagan's latest, The Midnight Club. Is that that's what we're discussing today? That is can be <laughs> unless, unless oh, we're gonna discuss other things i it was primarily gonna be midnight club, i want to talk it, about the midnight club that's what i'm here for they were, i've got it up in imdb on my phone so i get all the characters I make sure too. i get all the characters right i do too normally i know the actors names and i start calling them by like their real life names yeah and then people are like who is that so i feel like we should announce that if or we should announce before we go into it that they should watch it before they unless they don't care about spoilers like me yeah i've listened to spoilers gonna be very 
this is not spoiler free. No. Um, and we're, we're, I am terrible. I'm a terrible spoil. Like I, I try to respect spoil cause I know some people care about spoilers. I am terrible about like, I don't care about spoilers. I want to actually know what happens because if it's terrible, I don't want to waste my time anyways. Right. Um, but I also, there's a study I don't I have to find the study. You can no, look it up, No, they've heard about this study a trillion times from me. Anytime oh, George no. and I talk about okay. it. Yeah. There's a thing called Alex Facts. That <laughs> <laughs> everyone takes We all learn these and... facts from Alex, and then we call them Alex and Facts. I apologize for that, because if you find some an, an, a counter study to that, you know, I, you know, more power to you. You know, Google it first before. <laughs> this is the thing is that everyone takes my facts, and they run into the sunset. And then sometimes my facts, like 10 years later, aren't don't stand up. So Google it, but I'm pretty sure that spoilers don't actually affect your watch. Knowing spoilers don't doesn't actually f- affect the watchability of the show. But I agree we should with start that. on it. So let's like talk about the premise of the Midnight Club. Sure. Do you want to tell? You, you take it off. Me? You're you're the. I mean, listen, she's the writer. So anything writing related, well, I'm, I'm taking it. The- oh, pitching for writers is just the worst. Okay, so I'm not pitching this. So no. I'm just gonna. I just watched it. Um, this isn't my story. Um. So this is based on a Christopher Pike novel, right? Have you read? Are you familiar with him? Nope. I I have. No I idea. I actually was just on a panel where they all new Christopher Pike books, and they were like, "This, you know, this has completely inspired me to write horror." And I was like, "I was inspired by amazing true ghost stories from the from the elementary school library." So <laughs> <laughs> your source material is a little different. My source material is a little different. So yeah, so I don't actually have never read this book. Um, I probably should. Um, but it's based on a book. Uh, series? I think it's a series, yeah, I right? Yeah, I think there's a bunch okay. of them. Okay. So it follows a group of eight terminally ill patients at a hospice. It's called Brightcliff Hospice, um, who who gather together at midnight to tell scary stories. And it's kind of it's all, it's all sort of the main character is a young woman named Elanka uh, who goes to she's diagnosed uh with thyroid cancer i believe yes. that spreads to her lungs and she's told she's going to die and then she finds out about a woman from this who who w- went to this hospice um you know many years i think in the 70s or something mm-hmm. and she was she left she actually got uh went into remission and left uh allegedly. hospice allegedly uh left hospice and went home and uh yeah, so so she kind of goes to this. So she goes to this hospice. I think it's interesting because she goes to this hospice, you know, which is a place where people go to die, right? Um, it's you know to be taken care of while they die. Um, and, but she goes to actually not die. She's trying to. She wants to be cured, um, which has an interesting sort of tension between her and the other characters. Uh, who have already been there for a while longer than her and have seen many people die. <laughs> and they, they themselves have already kind of accepted the fact. Yes. Like they're, they're all very like morbid about it. Like if anything bad happens to them, they're like, what are they going to do? We're already dead. And you're like, Jesus kids. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. And it got very like, and I was just like the, the, the whole, it's like when we started watching it, I got very hypochondriacal. I'm, I have like hypochondriasis since I was like in third grade. And, um, do not mention bot flies around Alex, or you'll be <laughs> you'll be you'll be gone for a week. Oh, yeah, or a bull of virus. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, so we so uh oh, when we started watching this, uh, I, like I kind of got like my hypochondriasis like kind of flared up, mm-hmm. but then they kept talking about death so much. 
that I was like, you know, we're all going to die, right? Like, it's like, I mean, I know you guys are like young and that sucks, but like also because they're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're all going to die. And actually, I think that the the woman who like, I don't know if she owns it or she's the doctor that presides over this like hospice. She like, yeah. you know, she Heather Langenkamp's character from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And her name's Dr. Stanton. Right. Yes. <laughs> OK, great. Um, I'm trying to get the names right. I'm terrible with names. Um, See, I immediately went to the actor's name. I know you did. But that's a sell for the listeners. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, that's a great. That's She's a, good a great point. actress. Um, so yeah, Doctor Stanton. She uh, she actually says at some point that you know we're all dying every mm-hmm. single day, and I was like, oh Jesus. So anyway, <laughs> that's funny. There was a video game I, I, in League of Legends. There was a character yep. named Karthus who I used to love to play, and one of the things he would say when he respawned, he was like. You've been dying since the day you were born. <laughs> Every time he says it, I'm like, I ain't wrong. No, yeah, you're, yeah. But then what were you before you were born? Okay, we're not going to Oh, brother. Like, <laughs> we need to like some of those doobies. <laughs> before we, before, yeah, before we get to that. You know, man, I really think that we're, we're all just vibrations. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Okay. Um, so we uh, watching this, okay. it gave me a, a little bit of Are You Afraid of the Dark? vibes of kids getting together at night and telling a story yeah yeah i get that the way i would sort of sell this is if are you afraid of the dark took place in fear street yeah totally doesn't that make does that make sense um so i didn't read a ton of fear street are you talking about fear street the series i'm talking about the, like the movies yeah yeah i didn't read the, the stories either, but fear street definitely i feel like yeah this the show the the i don't i didn't actually read a ton of the fear street books i read a few of them i skimmed them it was bad i i, I loved goosebumps but like when we got to fear right. street i was like these are thick bitches and <laughs> i was <laughs> I like i have to skim this. this um but yeah so I think I think that the, the yeah Fear Street it's not a show it's a series of movies like we would call it a trilogy the Fear Street trilogy from yeah. from it was a trilogy right like yeah. on Netflix yeah uh, I think that's I think that's sort of correct I think like the terminally ill component of it is interesting because I don't actually know what we would compare that to right. in horror because I think that I love the, I love the kids that are terminally ill. Like that, like really dealing with death, like that adds just like a layer of something that you can't really compare to anything else. I think mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure that there's something somebody's going to be like this thing, this, you know, this, you know, th- there's something out there that they can compare it to. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all like sick and dying. And there's a great character that I want to talk about. I love her. Her name's Anya. She's a girl in a wheelchair. She, um, the actual, the, um. Played by, uh, Ruth Codd. Did I say it? C-O-D-D? Uh, I, oh, That sounds close. Probably. Sorry, Ruth. Is she Irish? I think so. I don't know. And they, they say everything differently in all those, in Ireland, Ireland and Scotland. <laughs> well, that's and, my best, that's my yeah. best take at it. So, yeah. So hopefully that's how she pronounces her name. We should probably look, we should probably, probably look that up before we started, but she's amazing. She's actually a TikToker. She had her leg amputated when she was like, I think, 18, 15 or 18. I can't remember. But she had an, a bad accident and she her she had so much trouble with her foot. I think she like like broke her foot and she had so much trouble that for um, for her mobility, uh, she actually had her leg amputated. And so she's a real amputee who is now an actress and she's incredible. I think she like she's she was an, like essentially a non-actress. I mean, she was not. She wasn't. This is her first thing. That is mind blowing. And she is incredible actress. And it's not I just she like was great. 
it's not just like oh yeah she was like pretty stand up like no 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 like she like runs the floor she, with this she, performance the, she is in my opinion the she has the most compelling character and performance in the entire show and it's it's pretty heartbreaking too it's heartbreaking but it was also like so interesting because she's such a dark she has such a dark uh view of you know life and death and you know very morbid and uh she kind of her story i don't know actually what kind of cancer did she have do you know i don't remember, I don't remember either um i remember some of what the kids have but i don't remember all of them but um, and she like she but they kind of describe her as when Alanka comes in and Alanka is her roommate. Alanka is the main character and Alanka. Oh, well, and, and like I feel like I'm talking. People have already seen this so they know what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what's happening. But the fact that like uh, Anya like the fact that she's so she's such a foil to Alanka is like Alanka wants to be this like um she wants to like cure. She wants to be cured. She actually wants to be going to like full remission. You know, the neighbors like her name means light or something like that. She's like, you shine so bright. She calls her bright girl, bright girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, I'm just thrown off thinking that the people who are watching this, if we said no spoilers, the people who are watching this have already seen this. So <laughs> just say, you just say whatever the hell you want. Whatever. So okay. So anyways, so the so yeah, so I think the fact that she's like this great foil for Alanka's um you know, Alanka's doing these like weird teas and she's like trying to actually cure herself with like herbs and like And she had find... already seen everything. Yeah. She when she starts making those teas, she's like, Oh, I've seen this a thousand times. Right. I saw the last girl was drinking her own piss. Yes, exactly. And I thought that was such a great Their dynamic. Because they have to live together. Like, they sleep in the same room. That is yeah, chaotic. Yeah, Monka's, like, extremely, like, optimistic about, like, she's going to be able to survive. And Anya's very, like, no, we're all going to die. Like, we're all, like, it's, like, you're, you're terminal. She's, like, covered in thorns. Like, you just yes. can't, you can't touch her without her, like, you know, biting at you or something. Yes. You know? And she's very, and I also loved how protective she was over the other kids. Yeah. In the hospital. Like, like uh, um. Because the one kid had AIDS, and when he starts to bleed, uh, there was a look on Alanka's face, I think, that Anya just immediately started to chew her out. Like, you know, she just, I don't know, she's very protective over everyone in in the facility, in the um, house. It's really hard not to compare this to, like, all the other Mike Flanagan shows, because this one feels different. Am I wrong? Like... Because yeah, this because one's it's going teenagers. And it's also going into a second season where everything yeah. else is just kind of standalone. Um Yeah, there Netflix is now referring to his work as the Flaniverse. And that is just like I just I look at that, I'm like, that's just like a dream come true to have like Netflix calling your shit like the Flaniverse, like Shondaland. <laughs> you know, that's like what it reminds like it's just like so cool. But he constantly has this thing. Like how many I mean there's there's a bunch of TV shows we watch that like, you know, people say check out, check this out, but like, you know, and we'll watch a couple yeah. episodes, but like I never remember like the ensemble cast. Like I never remember more than like the first two characters. Like mm-hmm. there was people like I loved the Dexter revival where they kind of course corrected the terrible ending. Yeah. And I really loved it, but there's characters in there like if we put an episode on i wouldn't remember i wouldn't remember i could remember almost everyone from mike flanagan stuff even midnight that's Ma- a really great point because you're right i can like okay that's really interesting because i don't remember or like I, I barely remember what happened in dexter but we watched honey of hill house like i don't know how long ago and there are scenes in that that are still so vivid in my mind right and like 
same with uh, the second one. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Blind, Blind Manor. Manor. Um, like th- there are like his stuff is so vivid, and his characters are so um, fleshed out. I think that you just you read them, and or you not read them, you watch them, and you're like. It just they like he, they jump off the screen like they're they feel real and okay. and part of that might also be like the monologues like there weren't as many monologues in Midnight Club as there have been in his other work. No Midnight Mass, I felt like there was had the most tons of monologues, and I don't know if he got like a note or something. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> this one really dialed it back. This one really dialed it back, but I love his monologues, and I feel like that's such a stylistic um, because you know in as writers. You know, you're really, especially screenwriting. I, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not a screenwriter, like a published screenwriter. Like I'm a, 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 a movie made screenwriter, but I'm a, a published author. But I have done a lot of screenwriting classes and and uh, studied screenwriting. And, you know, they really tell you to steer clear of the monologues. You got to earn your monologues. And like, char- like characters have to earn their speeches. And there's actually like a part of my, my, my rom-com that comes out like next year where my character who is a screenwriter in that book says, you know, uh, I think I've earned a speech. And because you have to like earn your speech right. as a writer or as a character, like your characters have to earn your speech as, you know, as a writer. So, um, but he doesn't do that really. That is, I was just going to ask you that because Mm-mm. I was, I was thinking to myself, well, he doesn't follow that, that rule. He does at not all. follow that rule. He's like, what if we just made the monologue good? That's exactly what he does. He makes it, the monologues are when the characters do them, I think they have sort of movement. They have beginning, middle, and an end. They're telling a story within a story. It's wow. very interesting. I I never thought of it like I mean, I mean that is what it is. That is what makes it compelling. Is I feel like I get the whole package there, and it's not just some bullshit like letting yeah. an actor cry to get his Emmy nomination. Yeah, like I think in Midnight Mass, like the when the two characters I can't remember their names at all, but I can remember their faces. Like, right. but the when they're the girl who's pregnant, or and then the guy who's like her friend. When they're telling each other about like what their what their views of death are. Oh yeah. And yeah, they yeah. just go on about it a little bit, and you're kind of like, <sighs> but also it's really beautiful. And then it adds, and then by the end, it really adds something to the story. So I think he really like he makes even though he's not like they're not his characters aren't earning the monologues, he's making them count. Yes. And maybe and maybe because the, like then her view by the end her view of death changes, and she. She rewrites her monologue about death a little bit by the end, and then it's really beautiful. And then that the monologue sort of, the monologue ends up earning itself. I don't know, like later. Yeah. So, anyways, but this this show, Midnight Midnight Club, I feel like it. There's no. I think there's that guy who. What if we we were joking about that guy like who like he they walk in and he's like cleaning the beds after they died. Oh yeah. And he will just jump in with some shit. I want him to like. He's just, like the jan. I don't know if he's not the janitor, but he's like the, the cleanup. Like a crew. custodial like type like, of yeah. Thing. Yeah. I want to run into him randomly and just have him talk at me for six minutes. I feel like I would change. You would change your life. <laughs> yeah, like I would just wash my hands in the bathroom. Like you know, when uh, <laughs> when I when I when I first learned to wash my hands, I washed <laughs> I washed away dirt off my life on my sense and you're like whoa hold on hold on that guy is the monologue guy he's he always guy. he always has the monologue and everything i remember because he was in the first he was in hunting a hill house and i remember that was the first monologue i think that i remember that i still remember because he was the um 
part of the staff of Hill House. Yeah, like I, th- he had that one. He was scene. in the basement. Basement. Yep, that basement scene. And uh, he just went in on a monologue of like his wife, and his wife had started to go crazy after she started coming to the house at dark after not uh, in, in the night. And so they stopped coming in the night. They only come during the day. Because she started going crazy, and I think that they had so they lost a child, or there was something, some some trauma, some trauma happened, and so like that, that that's the monologue guy. I, it was like the first monologue I remember from. And then him and Midnight Mass where, where they kill his dog. Oh God! Oh, that was the, yeah, God. Uh, he's a really, he's, really he's, talented. He's really the, all the actors. I I'm, and I also think that that speaks like also, the actors are amazing, but also speaks to Mike Flanagan's directing because the fact that he, I always think a really good measure of a director is if they can like to, like direct a non act like a, a basically a non actor. Like Anya was like she was a TikToker and like now she's this incredible actress. I think actor. You, you randomly hear stories of directors finding non-actors and like 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 the Captain Phillips dude <laughs> like getting nominated for an Oscar, never oh, acted yeah, that before. Was great. Yeah, like that is that is a pretty big talent. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I think that yeah, I think that was that was. But being able to remember his 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 cast story story also the fact that he likes to reuse people, I absolutely love. I think that's one of like the most I baller think, moves too. I think he does it well. Because I think sometimes when you, they reuse actors, but they don't like, but the actors are just like, like here's Johnny Depp being crazy again, you know, with right. Tim Burton movies, like it can be a too much. Like you're 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 using them, and you want like fresh blood. So he I think he does a in. good mix of like reusing, finding fresh blood. He does both. Right, and he also puts them in like fresh widely blood. different roles too than what they were in the last. Agreed. One. Yes, he does change. Like, Although I have to tell you, I think the woman who plays Shasta, Samantha, crap, like get my IMDb. I know I need to like, I should do. I used to do. She's pronouns. really good. Sloyan, Sloyan. Was mm. she in the the car episode? She's the woman who plays oh, Shasta. Oh, oh, who was who was the Shasta's the crunchy woman who she meets who Ilanka meets in the woods. Yes, who was also who was also in cahoots with all the shenanigans in Midnight Mass. Ugh. And she's so good. I love this actress, and I love the way she talks, and I love the way she. And then you just you, you see her, and you're like, she's gonna be bad news bears. She's always bad, but I'm like, please don't be. <laughs> I would like for you to be the good person once, because you're so good at all the uh, at all the acting. Um, did you think that this was his scariest thing that he's done? Okay. Okay. The answer is no. Okay, I'm interested in your response too. Okay, the answer is no, but for some reason I freaked out the most, and I think it has. It won the the Guinness Book of World Records for most jump scares. Oh yeah, there's there's a scene where you know they're <laughs> they're kind of. But it's still it's good. It's still good. It's good, but there's a little milk in it that that one part where it's just boom boom boom. Listen, you gotta do that. Listen, stuff. as I, a director, I think you gotta. I don't you gotta do. I it. don't listen. I don't hate it at all. Yeah, but it I, is good. But I know it when I see it. You know, and it's also that you have the opportunity to do that because it's a kid telling a story within within the the the, the overarching story, like the Midnight Club. There, he's telling the story, and then there's just like a million jump scares in a row. But it did have some real good jump scares. So it wasn't this outside of wasn't a scariest thing, but you freaked out the most. I freaked out the well. You can tell them. So, personal rankings. <laughs> this 
there's there's two there's there's a bunch of like classic Mike Flanagan jump scares that I think that you could you could also you could make a list of like the top. I don't think his 25. jump scares are the most scary, the scariest part about him. Really? No. Uh, Hill House scared the crap out of me. I still that. that well, hold on, I don't know okay. if I've even formed my opinion on that. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't think that's how I feel. I don't think like that's what makes him scary. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but do I? Am I basing that off my? current train of thought i think i am oh man do you think this is your scariest thing so i think that this there was a there was a jump scare that actually made my heart freeze up in like tense so the only thing i compare to if i did i screamed twice and you can tell them that i screamed oh i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna, i'm gonna go through the 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 jump scares with you so i think there's two i think the most classic mike flanagan jump scare that if if you had to top a list would probably be in haunting of hill house when the two women are driving and the dead sister screams in between them in the middle of nowhere like that is a classic holy shit out of middle of nowhere jump scare. Mm-hmm. This jump scare in episode eight, and everyone I always call it the sweetheart. Like sweetheart, I'm so hungry. Scare that the old people. The old people. Yeah. That made my whole shit lock up. Like I don't know what it was. <laughs> like I felt like I felt like I died for like a split second and came back to life. Like it froze me. Tell them what happened when and I. So- when Alex did it, you guys, oh my gosh, I wish, I wish I had video of this. It looks like, if, and if there, there's obviously I wasn't recording us watching this, but like, I, I got, like, got. I, you got, got, I feel like I could replace it with like any kind of Looney Tunes character, like trying to get out of a situation <laughs> and it would be equal. So the jump scare happens. Alex jumps up. We're laying. It's the old lady. She like, she comes, Alonka comes out of the bathroom and the old lady's like just standing there. And I was just not prepared for this old lady to be standing there for some reason. I think we had had a long what I notice is when you have a long stretch of like you feel safe in this house because they've had like emotional stuff happening or whatever. And then you forget that this is a horror. And then all of a sudden this bitch is just standing there looking he, so creepy. He knows when he's made you feel safe. Yes. He knows when they're like. That's so good. Yes. I don't know how he knows. I mean, to him, that's just it's just, you know, he's Mozart to that. Yeah. Because um, he's very he deals a lot in emotional like a lot of horror skips the emotional part. It doesn't do emotional. There's a depth. Horror always does emotion at in the third act, right before the yes. mother's about to be like, oh, no, I Very love you sparse. so much. And it's you're supposed to be like, I'm supposed to like care for these people. Like you have a whole fucking movie yeah. to do that. Why didn't you do that before? Mike Flanagan's like, don't worry, from the first frame. Yeah, you're like crying your eyes out. You're like, geez, is this horror? Is this drama? Or what is this? I want to get to the crying part. Go ahead, but, go ahead. but anyways, jump scare happens and Alex jumps up like three feet i'm not kidding jumps up three feet grabs a blanket and then covers herself with it and it was like <laughs> it's the kind of like if, if you're in a movie and you're like hey act scared like that's what you would do yeah like if you had like overact being scared you just ah! pull a, I, pulling I the blanket scream. over you is the funniest like cartoon little kid thing I, I, and you I, did it and i lost i it. did I, not i had to feel safe i had to pull my blanket over me. i mean i was i was terrified yeah. myself too so like then afterwards i kind of like scooted closer to it i'm like maybe if we just like you know, snuggle a little bit and watch this. We'll be safe. Ah, <laughs> uh, so okay. So let's rank Mike Flanagan stuff by scariest, like what we think is the scariest. Right, I got it easy. Okay, tell me. I because I and I know people are gonna disagree with me, but like th- when I say that jump scare locked my shit up, like <laughs> like you could have ch- so could, midnight club. You would have had top. a check for a pulse. It really scared me. I would do midnight club. Okay. And then this is where I get torn. I would either do, I want to say Hill House, but I think Midnight Mass when that vampire reveal happened. Yeah. That was pretty terrifying. Okay. But. 
I wouldn't. I, I, I should. I should have. I should. I should say what is our scariest, and then I want us to rank our favorites because I feel like scariest. It's hard to rank scariest because I, I don't. I just think that Midnight Mass or not Midnight Mass. Sorry, uh, I don't think that the. I, I want to call it Dorian Gray. Uh, what's the other one? Bly Manor. Thank you, Bly Manor. Bly, I don't know why I want blah, to call blah, it. Blah, Manor. Yeah, um, Bly Manor and Midnight Mass did not really scare me, but I loved them. Right. But Hill House scared me. It was scary. It was scary? Yeah. Yeah. That's your number one? That's my number one. I think it would be my number two easily. Okay. Easily. Now let's rank in, Let's rank favorites. I want I want to rank favorites. That's interesting. Okay. You know yours. Oh, I got it. Okay, you go. Yeah, you, you go and then you think about yeah. it? Okay. So uh, my favorite is Midnight Mass. I love Midnight Mass so much. It is probably my favorite. Um... I think it's probably like one of my favorite horror shows of all time. I just, I just love it. It's probably one of my favorite shows of all time, to be honest with you. I just thought it was so good. And I I was raised Catholic a little bit. Like we were kind of like, we were a little Catholic. We were like one foot in the door, one foot out the door being Catholic. And so being raised Catholic and like seeing like, you know, this sort of this town, like with this vampire stuff, like whatever, it was kind of like a vampire vibe and whatever. I loved midnight mass. Okay just loved it and uh and the woman who plays shasta i can't samantha sloyan she's incredible in that too every every actor is incredible in that so i loved uh i loved that the most then it's probably hill house because Mm -hmm. it scared the crap out of me so i got i got to give that some the next one then probably bly manor i guess yeah and then uh i mean Midnight Club is the only. There's like four. Shows. Yeah, there's only four. Okay, yeah. so so Midnight Club then is my least favorite, but I lo- I loved it. Like I love I, lo- I like yeah, it's not really loved. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, but it, but it's crazy that your least favorite one, when your least favorite thing is still great. Right, I love that. That is a that is like that is a high bar. I, I don't think I've ever had that before from a creator. Because like yeah, no, you know uh. You know, he's a controversial figure now, but like Joss Whedon, like I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I didn't care for like any of his other shows, really. Firefly or anything like that. Nope. Yeah, no. But I loved Buffy. Right. So it's like hard for that's I'm like, I'm like, that's not really common for me to like no, love all of a creative Those are shows. all big swings and big hits mm-hmm. that Mike Flanagan did. I would, so I would go, I would go Hill House. Is your favorite? I would say Hill House is my favorite because... Of when it came out, I felt okay. like that was a really fun Halloween year. No, that... it's great. I just, I just want. I was like, because you said, because so it's just interesting to me that like this one was the scariest for you, but Hill House is your favorite. It's just interesting. Okay, now keep going. Sorry, I don't even know if that's true, oh. because I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, You're still processing. I'm still processing Midnight Hill Club. House is your, is your. Yeah, because Midnight Club. Well, also Midnight Club's getting a season two. So well, that's the other thing is that like. It didn't. The reason it can't be my favorite is because I haven't seen the end. The other ones are contained. They're right. they're contained stories. They they have an ending and they have a beautiful ending, all of them. So in my opinion, like it's hard to rank Midnight Club because it's not over. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. So I'd go. I would go Hill House, uh, Midnight Mass, which Midnight Mass, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then I would go. I'd, then I would probably go Midnight Club and then Bly Manor. Bly Manor is really favorite. Bly Manor, Bly Manor is my least favorite. And I remember probably my most. I think I think I liked it 
a lot, but it probably was a little bit more forgettable than the others. Yeah, I just remember, like, I really loved Hill House, so then when you go to Blind Manor, you're like, yeah, but I miss Hill but House. But for me, that second-to-last episode with the woman who was in the stuck in the... She was, like, in the stuck in her sort of purgatory yeah. after... That was such a beautifully written episode. I don't even think I don't even think Mike Flanagan wrote that one. I think that was someone else, or no, maybe she, maybe somebody else directed it. I, I don't think remember. I think that was uh, Axel Caroline. I think is her name. Okay. Um, she she does. I think she always does an episode with of his shows. Of his shows directs or writes. Directs. Okay. I don't know. She might she might write too, but I know because like on Instagram, yeah. like when the shows come out, she's like, "Here's me on set with my dog," and you're like, "Oh, cool, that's great, <laughs> yeah, rock and roll." Can't wait, can't wait to see it. Um. No, she's she's pretty killer. The um, the crying. I gotta talk about the crying. Mike Flanagan is the only yeah, and and, and I think the listeners know that I'm a crier. Like I I have no shame. Like I I think it, <laughs> honestly that shit you feels are. that shit feels great. Yeah, like, I love I, it. I love crying. Um, we don't we don't we don't like emotionally pent up men. We like them to cry. No, so get it's good. get that shit out of your system. Yeah. Um, Mike Flanagan's the only guy who can absolutely scare the pants off you. Yep. and then make you misty like that there was at least two episodes where like it was just waterworks for like eight minutes it's like straight like i just it's where you just put your shirt over your head and you're just like all right time to weep baby (laughs) let's get the shit out of me a midnight club midnight club yeah yeah did i did i weep i got teary-eyed i weeped I lost my shit at midnight mass at the end. Yeah, that I just was pretty lost heavy. My shit. I can't even think about it. Um, but yeah, I, I got I, I the only thing with like with, with kids that are dying and like your terminally ill patients, it can just get a little bit pandery for me. Right. Where I'm like, okay, this isn't uh, you know, so it's like a little bit too like, you know, I don't know, like kids with cancer, like that's obviously gonna make me cry. But like it's sort of, so it's like maybe just a little bit too obvious for me to get full blown waterworks. Oh, not me. That epi- <laughs> that, that episode where the easy. with the devil and the angel and the, and the woman's backseat, or it wasn't a devil and angel, but that's sort of oh, that representation. Oh yeah, you you were really moved by that. That was with uh, Natsuki, right? Yeah. 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 The, the character is that that was a, that was a great scene where that, she's dealing with her depression. That whole episode was just incredible yeah and then that's so, so that episode got me and then when the one character uh had the doctor drive into his parents house so he could just be like yeah i'm gay you know i still love you it was it was it was he was basically telling his mom like you can hate me but i'll always love you like that oh, mo- yeah. oh that one too i can't even think <laughs> about that one personal <laughs> i can't even think about that one yeah that was rough but those uh-huh. two scenes those two scenes were like really strong, and I don't know, man. It, that is such a good feeling to like cry, 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 and then all of a sudden, like someone scares you. It's this weird cocktail really, of emotions. It's really like it's a t- that's a tough like. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a betrayal, but a good one. You know what I mean? Like you're like you're like I'm safe. I'm crying. It's like whatever, and then all of a sudden, boom! You're fuck s- you. Terrified. It's also the biggest flex as a director. Because like, because as you know, I think as a director, like you want to serve the story and you want the audience to feel like what you felt in your vision. And tell me, he's not a hundred percent. Yeah, then it's so unique to horror too, because you know, there's no other genre that's trying to scare you. Yeah, like, horror is trying to scare you, and so it's so cool that you have this chance to be emotional and like a lot of things. Like you know, you so you you got drama. A lot of times, drama will break up the drama by with laughter. Right. And with horror, you break up the drama with jump scares or, like, scares. 
Totally. And I think that's really interesting. It's like a different, like, it's a different way to break the tension. No, he's... And tell that story. I, I'm i still chewing on, on, on Midnight Club. I loved the um, aesthetic of it, too. The, the story taking place in the 90s also gave it a really... Just, like, I don't know, fun vibe. Like, I always loved, like, the 90s throwback yeah. shit. And, like, seeing, like, the bit, like, when she was, like... I, I forgot it took place in the 90s until um, she started to research the facility. And then you see that big-ass, like, computer monitor. What was your favorite kid story? Uh, so, if it wasn't... It's got to be the car one. The car one was The car one Not was... Skis. Yeah, Natsuki's was fantastic, but I really enjoyed. <laughs> Jeez, let me let me get my let me get my list here. Uh, Kevin's story of I the... was thinking the same thing, the serial killer one. Was that your favorite? Yep. I knew that was going to be your favorite. Oh, you jerk! Oh, I absolutely. You know, know me too well. Yeah. What did you, what did you, what did you like about that one other than it being absolutely awesome? Except just, for the people under the I just, mouth, the Well, first of rag. all, a serial killer stories, like, really get me. And that woman telling him to kill, uh, I think it was his mother, though. And yeah. Being, um, you know, and it's his, like, friend. And it's like, I don't know. I just really liked it. I really liked it. And I liked the ending. And I liked I liked the way that it, because in the end. His kill like, method was pretty brutal as oh, well, Oh, that's true. He puts the towel over them, and then he hits Waps them with a hammer, hammer, like, one time. And then, oh, and I loved all of the, um victims all of the victims screaming at him that was a crazy Some, cool visual yeah that was a Every, really he cool. would look I up i love the idea of a serial killer's victims like kind of haunting them that's fascinating to me as a concept how that's got to be a movie right I feel like something like that's had to have happened before. There's a little bit of that in Horror Hotel. I won't give any spoilers. Ding, away. ding, ding. <laughs> Available Club. now on Amazon and most book retailers. <laughs> you can go to Barnes & Noble. Probably your local Barnes & Noble will be carrying it. Especially well, listen, in the Halloween season. It is, yes. And if you're listening to this on your phone, uh, you can get the Audible version. And the Audible version kicks ass. The Audible version is probably better than reading the book, in my opinion. So Really? Coming from the author? Yeah. because I got the, hot goss the on the show? The performances are great. They're very good. I love the I love the actors they chose for these um, for their the readers they chose. So um, we get a lot of great reviews on the audio, on the audiobook. So definitely check out the audio. You guys, book. a little behind the scenes with the author stuff. It is crazy. Like so, they'll send Alex and are you getting attacked by a bug? Yeah, there's a crazy bug flying around here. Daisy's on it. Come on, Daisy. She literally get just it. got it. She oh, just wow. killed it. My cat is a little nimble. wow. They normally they normally pussyfoot around for a minute and then yeah but that was that was five stars. I want to know what you're gonna say. Um oh so like the behind the scenes of the author stuff so like when they were making the audiobook like they send you samples of people reading your script. Oh you get to choose your narrator. It's so fascinating That's because so fun. they they all have like characteristics. Like director. Yeah you I mean you, <laughs> you I think you are man because like you get there Not and really, what's crazy is no it totally there is. is a real audio you are helping director yeah but you get that's to, a that's a real job that somebody did so and i think his name was nick ironically but well nick did a fantastic <laughs> i lo- i loved choosing the and you have to really like for ellie's cool now for my book that's coming out in in march uh I had a real hard time because all three were really good and all three had their whatever. And then that's you know, the, you that is like, the most beautiful problem though, is that yeah. all of them have these characteristics that you yeah. like that you wish this other person had. And then you're weighing, do those little things out outweigh the other one yeah. and how you come to that conclusion is yeah, it's I just feel bad. instinct, I feel like right? Got us way off track, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> 
we go we go we we both have adhd i think so we're we're can you tell um we also (laughs) 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 jesus oops oops um Um, jinx (gasps) you owe me a soda no crap i owe you a soda i don't know who owes you who is soda um you want to sip my soda no (laughs) i'm okay I'm trying to think of what else to say about Midnight Club. I mean, oh, can I? Okay, I don't know why this keeps coming up to talk about those old people. Yeah, and I love the idea of like the like the life eaters, like the people who I don't know. I'm calling them life, life eaters. eaters. Is a cool name. Yeah, listen, I'm an author. I'm an author. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so they they kind of presented this, and I didn't feel like we really got to know if this was what it actually was, but they presented this idea, and I was like, so there's this old woman, and there's this old man, and both Alanka and her boyfriend, like or eventually eventual boyfriend Kevin, see these uh, old people, and um, they are. Basically, uh, the idea was I forget when they presented this idea of people who live. It's like an it's like a a, a story or a folklore or something uh, of these like pe- things that live in places where a lot of people are dying and they eat lives. They eat like your years of your life off off of your life. So <laughs> they eat years of your life. So they you know they said something like they would love. I think they would love a place like this because. Right. So many people are dying, and they're they're able to eat the the years of these kids' lives. That's what my third grade teacher did. She ate years off your life. <laughs> Felt like it. I hope not. That's why I had to go to a different school. Oh, that makes sense. Actually, they were the idea is fascinating, but the presentation of them. I mean, every they're time really you see scary. every time that you see them, it's a jump scare. In my opinion, they were always a jump scare. Like they never like gracefully like entered when she emerges over the bed. I hate it. That was. Oh, it makes my stomach hurt actually thinking about it because it was really scary. Those. So there's something different about this. Like, I want to I want to actually go back and like study that scene. Like, I just actually rewatched um, the ending of Hereditary. You did? Yeah, because I made it. I found this song on TikTok and it was really vibey. And I was like, oh, I just want to put some images of Hereditary over and just upload it and see what happens. OK. And it just felt great. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but I was rewatching the ending when the kid goes upstairs and the mom saws her head off. And there's so bad. I forgot that when she's sawing her head off, the naked people make a noise and the actor kind of jumps and quickly darts his head over. And then it cuts to them. The editing of it and the sound of it, it creates this really scary. What the fuck is going on? I can't breathe thing. And then we kind of rewatched the scene in midnight club with the old lady over there. Like we kind of like rewatched it twice because there's something. I, I I don't know what it is. It feels like the energy gets sucked out of the room when she comes in. Yeah, and and, and there's also like a oh, that's sl- good. there's also a slight delay before you know every jump scare has that you know ring you know big scary music. There's a slight delay in this jump scare, and what I think that does for you is you see her and your brain kind of registers, oh that's bad, but nothing bad's happened. And right as you have that thought, the fucking music shrieks over, and the scare begins. Yeah. And there's just something about like I don't know why I, I compared it to the timing from Hereditary. They're just they're just very there's something unique to what you do when that moment hits. Like yeah. the subtle adjustments you can do and changes you can make, whether it's the sound, when it comes in, how it comes in, how loud it comes in, what imagery you're showing. Because it's just a wide Hereditary, I think from what I can remember of Hereditary, because I haven't seen it for a long time, but 
I loved Hereditary. And I think that what you're describing is that there's they give it a they give it a beat before they like introduce you to like fully to the scary thing that's happening. Yeah. So like when she's sawing off her head, I believe there's like hardly any music or anything no. happening. The only thing that happens is the tempo of the of Yes, the you can thing. hear her sawing it's, off it's, her it's head. Foom. And then by the end it's <laughs> like she's just they have it, it like silent and she's doing that right yeah she, isn't this basically there's no music and you can hear yeah. just the scratching but sound the part of her that's, like yes and, off her head in the part that scares her son when he sees the other cult people yeah. in there it's 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 a bell it's like a ting it's not like a big boomy thing it's this small sound the other thing in oh sorry oh, no, no no go ahead go ahead the other thing that got me in hereditary that actually was my scariest moment in hereditary was when he's in the bed and she's behind him on the wall yes that got me and there's no that's not like a big scary moment it was something it was happening around the action of like what the main character was doing so it was like it was happening sort of behind the scenes and i thought it was so terrifying but it was sort of happening behind the scenes it was cool right. not behind the scenes but like behind the there wasn't what, anything pointing to it not no yeah like he didn't see her like and she's like crawling on the wall and it's like and there's no music or anything to indicate she's just there and just like crawling around so i think that what you're saying is what was scary about this old woman being behind her was that at, at first it we weren't you know at first you didn't see her like it was so, at first she was sort of just there and it wasn't scary until she sort of stepped forward and then that's when they were like pointed to it and yes yes and the other thing that's that's funny about it is it's such an obvious place for a jump scare like yeah. at the same time when you rewatch it you go of course i was gonna get scared there but because of all the emotional stuff beforehand mike flanagan makes you feel safe yeah that's a good point yeah he just i mean he just he knows he knows how to make you feel safe before he scares the shit out of you a little yeah. bit he knows how to do this like film kung fu where it's just like every yeah. move you, you know he knows it better and quicker and yeah, I think that's why I think that's like it's almost like a drama with horror in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like his shows are very like I mean, with the exception I think of Hill House, which was really straight horror. Yeah. I agree with that. Hill House was pretty straight horror. Um, even though there was drama in it, but I feel like it was horror with drama in it instead mm-hmm. of the other way around and everything else felt like a drama with horror in it. Some horror moments in it. Yeah. Um It's weird though, that scene that old lady that old lady is freaking. That old lady legit. Fuck. I mean, she ate a couple. Of, I I think I lost uh, at least a half of a year. Yeah, <laughs> at least a couple of years from her alone. Who's gonna make me lemon chicken orzo soup? Oh, dude, we gotta order that right now. So we should probably <laughs> guess what? Let's play a game. Guess what? Guess what we're having for dinner at this <laughs> over here. Well, it'll be actually. I'm actually really looking forward to it because Joe Bob's on right now. I got him in the background. And Alex, do you know who Joe Bob is? But yeah, you tell me every time, and I never remember who it is. That's exactly. You guys have to understand. Every when the regular <laughs> season's on, Alex is like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm gonna go watch Joe Bob," and she's like, "And you call him like Billy Bob? Like you never?" <laughs> I don't remember his name. name. I know. I'm. I'm sure this is like horror blasphemy. Blasphemy for all you guys, but like, I'm like, who? You know? Nah, it's not blasphemy. I right? like what I like. That's fine. I don't know who he is, so I, I probably haven't probably given him a chance, but. 
I'll, uh, Nick was like, "I'll what did you say? Elvira's on or something?" Yeah, she's on. She's on the screen right now. They're showing one and of her. And you're like, "You don't care," and I was like, "I don't." No, but I will say this though. I say this every time. Okay. Like I gotta have Joe Bob. I gotta have Darcy on. Now that I'm doing a lot of interviews. Yeah. Darcy retweets me all the time. I I was 11 minutes late to Joe Bob tonight. Mr. Darcy. Mrs. Darcy. Oh. Um, Lady Darcy. Lady Darcy. <laughs> and I did one photo of Joe Bob saying because he's in a hot dog outfit saying, "I always relish my time with you guys." Instant, instant retweet. It's so because it's hilarious. It's very cute, very quippy. I love, very smart. I love with the hosts like that interact with you. Like you just like, yeah. It's the only. This is the only show where I, I actually feel like the horror you're, community you're is falling together. victim to their trap. That's what they're trying to do. Oh, well, they are so they're they're, they're the so they're savvy. the Mike Flanagan's of their own domain. True. So, but but overall, let's wrap up. Uh, midnight, okay, the Midnight, midnight Club. Club. Um, I'm looking forward to season two. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. I felt, also, I will say I did not feel like I got I did not feel like I got like a Mike Flanagan ending to the season one. Hundred percent. I wish it was a little bit bigger, a little bit more. So I think that part of the reason it's not my least favorite right now is because I didn't get a big Mike Flanagan emotional ending. I felt like I wanted a little bit more from it. And then I don't really know where we're going now. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to have figure out there were a few strings that were left untied. I don't know the, the a few, a few, uh, uh, things. A few shoes without feet. I don't, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> there were things that were not tied up in a neat little bow yet. So right. I, I'm imagining those things are pretty open-ended. They're probably going to take us into next season, too. But Introduce I just do some more kids. Yeah. But I just think I would have liked a bigger season one ending. You know, it kind of it felt a little bit like that was it by the end. I wanted. More. I agree. So I, agree I think and this is his first time doing a season that has like that that goes on versus the season for this to be up. the first season you've done where, you know, goes into season two. That's a pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good job. And I think there were some moments that he tried to do it with some of the stories, but it just didn't work for me. So I think that I'm I'm interested. To, I'm definitely gonna watch like season two. I just I follow the house or that was the House of Usher or whatever the oh the shit yeah I'm so excited for that. I don't even really like Poe that much to be honest with you guys, but I really am excited for that because I bet he's gonna nail that to the wall. That one's gonna be really. That's good. gonna be. It's so got good. Mark Hamill in it, dude. Oh like, man, and it's got uh, that the girl who I really liked from. Uh, the Midnight Club is going to be in it. Yeah, a couple of them from Midnight Club. A couple Club of them are, are going to be in it, which makes me really happy because that because Anya was... Anya is going to be the uh, oh god, what's her name again? Say it again. The, uh, Anya. Oh god, oh, I have to look it up. Crud. Oh man, oh, I feel like I'm doing Ruth. Ruth Cod. You said Cod too, so we're gonna. That's, yeah, it's Cod. I think it's Cod. I mean, when I look at it, I'm like C O D D. Oh, it's Cod. Yeah, Ruth Cod. There we go. Um, she's she's in, it. she's in it as well, and I think I'm I'm very excited about about that one. That should be really good. So we should plug Horror Hotel one more time. I'm so happy about that. Ah, uh, gotta... yeah, Horror Hotel, the little book that could. It's like um, it's a a group of teens. It's a YA, so it's young adult. If you guys like young adult, it's very light horror. I would say it's not it's not uh it's not if you, if you don't like like young adult stuff, then skip it. But um, <laughs> and the audiobook's very good too, so you can get that. But uh, it's a group of teens who go, they're paranormal investigators. They have a YouTube show. Um, it's very like Blair Witch Project for the TikTok or The Shining for the TikTok generation. Um, but they go to a, ha- a haunted hotel that's kind of inspired by the Cecil Hotel. If you guys know what that is, it's a hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Look it up. Uh, and they go and to do some paranormal investigation and they end up finding a dead body. 
and bum, chaos bum, ensues. Bah. Yes, chaos, and then 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 they get into some shenanigans. So it's very like um, I think it's like kind of like Fear Street. Like it has got like you know teenage teenager vibes. There's some like ro- teenage romance and angst. And some people were like reviewing it. There was like it's YA, so it's you know it is it's YA. It's for kids, you know, it's for teens. But like you know, people were reading it. There's like there's too much teen angst, and I'm like. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where, well, find me a teen. Uh, find me a teen that's not angsty. There aren't any. Um, <laughs> there aren't any. Um, what in the fifty-year-old review? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, anyways, so yeah, it's got some teen angst. So check it out. Um, and I should have at some point we should talk. We should have an episode and bring uh, Rebecca slash uh, Faith McLaren. <laughs> now we're on. down a microphone. We had to pull in the. Oh God. Okay, we got to get a new microphone, and then we'll bring Faith McLaren on. We'll talk about the book. Um, and then we'll have like a spoiler, like a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section for it. So we could talk about it in more depth, but that's the thing I have to really, I usually just jump straight into the spoiler. Like if I, I start my reviews, like I can't believe such and such died at the end. Oh God. Okay. Well, we'll have to figure end. out. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll just do a, a, a spoiler version of it, but anyways, um, we'll do it like a book club. And then, yeah. And then the next book that's coming out, uh, in, oh my God, from forever from now, is going to be spring of 2024, um, is, 24. Uh, yep. of Cruise. I mean, that was publishing is slow guys. Uh, but Cursed Cruise, that's going to be out and that's going to be the same group of teens, uh, going on a, on a boat that's kind of inspired by the Queen Mary. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a very haunted, uh, cruise ship basically. So anyways, that'll Nicknamed be fun. The great ghost during world war two. Because oh yes, Hitler's because, battleships and subs couldn't hit it. Yep, they couldn't see it. Like they could, it was uh, they had painted it gray or something yeah. actually, and so then it was uh, they could they, they could never they tried like I think Hitler had a ton of he had a hit out on it. A hit yeah, a bunch of people looking for it, and they and they never and there were like a, a, some at one point I think there were like eleven thousand people on that boat. It was like the most people that have ever been on. A oh, boat the or photo! If you're claustrophobic, look up this photo. You'll start sweating. <laughs> they were bullets. jammed onto this boat. That 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 really like you know they were that, coming home from germany so they were like get me <laughs> get us out of here yeah 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 now it's it's uh in in long beach uh actually <laughs> long beautiful beach, long Cal- Be- beautiful long beach california and uh, it's a hotel now and we've stayed there several times and had some ghost highly, hunting which we should talk about actually at some point i highly recommend the ghost tour on there because you and I, really I actually fun. still want to do an episode do about- it around christmas time because there's hardly anybody there oh well and it, actually it's down for renovations but i think it's opening up soon but it, but it's like if there's when there's nobody there, you're going to have an experience. I and go to the you. bar, go to the Art Deco bar. You <sighs> will feel like Jack Torrance. Oh, my God. Like. It is really it is some like sh- if like the shining set on a cruise ship like it was so good. How's that not been a movie? That sold me. You just you just sold me James Cameron, Romeo and Juliet on a boat on the Titanic. <laughs> on Titanic. Yeah. I said that the cr- course of cruise, I, I pitched it as the sixth sense on board the Titanic. Oh, that's cool. There we go. Yeah, that 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 checks out. That off. checks out. We're just riding that wave. Check. Hey, riding Done. that wave. There we go. We're keeping her. We're keeping her aquatic. Boom, boom, boom. Easy. Well, check out Horror Hotel. Give this show five stars. In fact, when you do your five star rating, list your Mike Flanagan. This shows. show five stars. Hollow Weekly, yes. Yes, give On us five iTunes. stars. Subscribe to us. I'm, 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 I'm now. Smash that, smash that like. Smash button. that subscribe button. <laughs> smash that. <laughs> give five stars. But when you comment, because you got on iTunes, you got to do a little comment, or else I think they get suspicious. They get suspicious. Yeah, they think it's like bots and stuff. Rank the four Flanagan seasons. Oh, good idea. Yeah, one time I had, I had them. I was like, we were. T- oh, it's funny. I can tie this in because it was a Mike Flanagan show. Okay. We were talking about degloving. 
because he oh, get, yeah, everyone he gets, always has the degloving. And they do a really creative one in this. It's probably the most creative one because it's like, oh, my God, of course they can do it that way uh, and not, like, you know, make you clench your butt cheeks. Um, but I, I was like, comment five stars and comment STL. And, like, I think, like, two or three people did it. And I was like, oh, that was cool. What's STL? I just made up three random. Oh, it was. It was OK. I forgot about the challenge. <laughs> they were supposed to deglove themselves. Give us a five star view review and just type STL because I wanted it to just be like three letters. I didn't want them to type anymore because of the degloving. I wanted to make it easy on them. And I don't think they and I think there was a hand emoji. <laughs> so okay. But a couple of people did it. I hope their hands are healed by now. Well, rank rank your favorite or like your favorite uh Mike Flanagan shows or tell us your most I feel like or tell us your most your scariest because you might not remember all of them, but tell us your which one you think is the scariest from the Flaniverse. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because I'm curious who else yeah. who Come else put that in the reviews. And then the next Mike Flanagan show we'll do. Tell me when you cried. We'll <laughs> bounce it. <laughs> Which one did you cry the most? Um. <laughs> Easy. Well, read Horror Hotel. Go watch The Midnight Club. Hope everyone's they having fun. They already a- watched The Midnight Club because we just gave a shit ton of spoilers. If it was me listening, I wouldn't have. And this show okay. would have made me listen to it. Really? Honestly. Okay. Honest All right. Talk. All right. Like, I already know the, the spoilers for Black Adam. Like any movie, I, I read spoilers like, immediately. Nick, I feel like you need a place for them to gather and speak of this pot, like to discuss these podcast episodes and discuss TV shows. We gotta, we gotta work on that. Follow me on Instagram. It's <sighs> not it. Yes, it is. I mean, follow him on Instagram and follow him on Twitter and shit. But like, we gotta figure out something. Discord, maybe. I'm telling you. Discord. Yeah. I could fuck with that. We need a Discord. Okay, we'll we'll just we'll let dis- us know if we need a Discord. Let us know if we need a Discord because that because honestly, like right now with Joe Bob on right now, you like would, you would be bitching up a, yeah. a fucking Discord. They have like the Twitter talk rooms, which uh, they actually did one after one of their episodes, and it, it was it was pretty lit. We'll think about this. We'll mull it over. We'll mull this right. over. Until next time, stay scary. Everybody, tell him he needs a Discord. Okay, bye. Stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Bye. Read Horror Hotel. Bye.